everyone. It's Friday, March 19th. I'm Charlie Fink. It's This Week in XR with Ted Chilowitz, futurist at Paramount Viacom. Uh, Ted, good morning. Good morning, Charlie. How are you this fine uh, getting to late March uh, morning? Yes, it's uh, the semester. We're hitting spring break at both of my schools. And, um, you know, that feels like there's six classes out of 14 left. And, you know, we're, we're hurtling toward the end. So yeah. that always... You know, it's amazing. It's kind of like a theater production, right? We all feel like we've been through something together. Right. Yeah, it was fun. To, I did your class this past week. It was a really interesting... I was just going to segue into that. Class. It was great. And I thought the students uh, acquitted themselves well. They did. They asked really smart questions. It Clearly, you know, they are paying attention to the right stuff. And that process of learning is real and it's happening, which is exciting. And, and of course, I have many seniors in the class. And after spring break, I'm not sure how much how present they're going to be. Uh, and of course, they're racked with anxiety about what's going to happen to them. Yeah, of course. And I, I try and tell them, well, isn't that the great thing about life? We don't know what's going to happen to us. Right. You know, it's, it's the ultimate drama. So speaking of the ultimate drama, uh, my love-hate relationship with Facebook goes on. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Facebook and its uh, algorithms that uh, were meant to sell you T-shirts and sell you bad thoughts uh, is something that I have been enragiated about for years. Yet, at the same time, I love Oculus, I love VR. If it weren't for Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, I fear to say we would not be very far along. I think and we'd certainly be in a different place than we are today. You know, yeah, we would be less commercialized and less mainstream, yes. They have 20% of Facebook's engineers are now working on uh, XR. Yes which is, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about thousands of people when we yeah. say that. We're not talking about a couple of dozen guys. And they took the wraps off, Facebook Reality Labs, as they call their XR group now, took the wraps off some early research. Um, they seem to have in this group a kind of mania about transparency and privacy, obviously clearly driven by mistakes in the other business. So that's another reason to kind of like them, but of course it was really over earnest and scrubbed and, and clearly everybody was reading from the same press release. Right. So these kinds of big uh, events for journalists and analysts are a little bit scrubbed, but what they showed us was mind-blowing. And let me first of all preface this by saying I predicted all of this in my book, Convergence in 2018. Yes, you did. That's right. I did. And so I have two thoughts. One is, did somebody read my book? <laughs> and the other thought is, what the shit I've been saying is true? <laughs> so let me get right to it. This was not about glasses. Right. right. This was not about optics. And we get so hung up about optics and the technology we have to pack into the thing you wear on your face. And so this was a little different, right? Because the thing you wear on your face is kind of the tail of the dog, if you will. You know, for those things to see anything, you need to pack in a lot of computing and an operating system. And so they showed a bracelet that picks up on the electromagnetic pulses um, on your nerves that send messages to your fingers. So it will at some point be able to detect not just micro and macro gestures, but intent. And yeah, this, yeah. 
This is this is the the larger discussion which you telegraphed at your book about the advancement of the human compute interface, right? Uh, and it's not Facebook alone that's just working on this. There are many, many companies that are working on this. And, and maybe one of the most successful examples is Amazon with their Alexa, right? As essentially building a headless computer that has proliferated the world now and become a best-selling product and a best-selling category for Amazon that has a really interesting backstory because it came from the ashes of the uh, ill-fated Fire Phone Right. It's a very interesting story. You could look it up and read the backstory of why do we have Alexa today? It was a feature set that was built into a cell phone that Amazon was trying to put into the market that had essentially no chance of, of succeeding, but they were smart enough to ask their engineers, what are the pieces and parts of the bones of this that could be valuable? And Alexa came from it. I see this, what Facebook announced with their neural interface as a direct extension of large, large tech companies with huge valuations. And to your point, thousands of engineers that they're dedicating real dollars to, to try and figure out if you boil it all the way down to the to the baseline, to figure out the evolution of the mouse is what I like to talk yes, about. Yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. So, I, you know, I voice is problematic, obviously, in an all-day wearable. You yep. can't have a whole office of people talking to themselves or walking down the street. Of course, we already see people talking to themselves because they have very, very small ear, uh, earbuds now. Yep. Uh, but voice is not really practical for, for the mass market. It works okay with Alexa, um, but certainly if you were more mobile, uh, you know, you wouldn't dream about, you know, being in the subway and shouting instructions. So it's got to be sort of silent, invisible, personal, you know, the gestures you make when you're sitting alone, you know, need to be very small, right? You can't appear to be doing sign language the way you are when you're wearing a HoloLens, Correct. right? It has to be smaller. It has to be millimeter level pinching and dragging, you know, sort of like typing, right? You, you can think while you're typing and your hands are, you know, really. Yeah, it's a very nuanced, it's a very nuanced uh, form they, of, of motor skill. Thousands of movements of the hand, which give them sort of an endless range of possibilities for controlling the invisible mouse. Correct. So I, I thought that was a revelation. They talked about AI also. Uh, clearly that's a little less developed. I think the thinking about AI is still very binary, uh, and I and and they even showed some diagrams of that. So mm -hmm. I, I wonder if it's sophisticated enough. But I think they're thinking about the right things because how are you going to control this thing? Yes, you could put the computing in a bracelet. That's better than a phone, mm -hmm. right? And a phone is big. A bracelet, you you know, yeah, obviously, a bracelet can also be a watch. So maybe someday we'll be back to wearing watches and the iWatch or, or, or the e-watch, whatever we end up calling it, is going to have a lot of that computing. They didn't talk much about it, but obviously 5G and Qualcomm's scheme to offload some of the computing into the cloud would also greatly help that. But you have to be excited to say, you know, okay, it's going to take a while. Yeah. But they have a good idea and it's working. Yeah, well, so it just it's it, 10 years. That is soon. That's what I keep telling my students. Yeah. You are still going to be young when this happens. That's right. Yes, the yeah, and and if you and if you sort of look at, you know, the the evolution of a company like Facebook that started out, you know, with all of its back backstory that a lot of people would know if you 
don't, you know, watch watch the movie from David Fincher and others, um, to where they sit today in the early 2020s as legitimately becoming a, a research firm to actually research yeah. that neural interface and that next step of compute. Um, you know, they, they know where their bread is buttered and they know where the largest companies of the world are competing on a scale of technology, socialization, and productivity. And, and they are essentially trying to be that. And it is, it's, you know, it's an interesting aspiration for them. It's not just about headsets, people. Headsets are really kind of figured out in many ways. The, the problem is the computing and the operating. Correct. So let's, let's switch to another topic that's a little less technology driven and a little more idea driven, which is our beloved South by Southwest Interactive. Mm. Uh, in person for the second year, a little bit, we have a virtual downtown um, Austin in VR. Uh, that you can visit. Uh, it is beautifully constructed by Tony uh, Scared Ghost Vitillo with VR Room. Uh, and it has a, a, a great, you get a great feeling of presence there. Mm -hmm. uh, I have criticisms about it. Um, the UI is not quite right. Um, you need to find out what's going on there the minute you walk in. And there should, you know, the signage is buried. And, you know, they, they, so they could have done that part better because it mm. didn't help you get to the experiences, which, you know, frankly, the excitement is kind of walking in and being present, but the depth is the experiences. Yeah. They've got some great shows lined up. And of course I wanted to find them right away, but there was yeah, one I'm going that, in today. There was one that found, which was a theatrical performance inside of VR called Pandora X by Double Eye Studios. And, you know, I've talked before about Tender Claws and what they did with The Tempest and how exciting it was to see immersive theater coming to VR because, you know, live is VR, right? When we're in VR, we don't want to deal with an NPC. Right. You know, what's the fun in that, you know? And these actors in Pandora's X, and this is a big factor in its artistic success, are great. These are towering performances. And to see that inside of VR just makes my heart soar. I mean, it had wonderful production values. They, they really thought it through. There were many, many environments and scenes, if you will. Um, so I thought, I thought it was great. I thought it was well, one of the best I'm, hours. I'm one, I'm one step behind you because my schedule this afternoon is to go into it. Um, and you know, this is, you mentioned Tender Claws. This is starting to become a little micro industry, right? I have some friends at a young startup called Adventure Lab. Uh, and Max, who uh, is one of the founders, and Kim. Kim is ex-Pixar, and Max is Pixar and ex-Oculus Story Studio. And they've started to think, Elliot, one of our producers on this show, and I spent an hour inside an adventure experience oh, with a live this afternoon, And you're doing Pandora X this oh, afternoon. Oh, you're doing Adventure Lab this afternoon? Yes. Oh, well, there you yes. go. So uh, it's a thing. You know, I always, I've always said that I thought VR might be the savior of live theater. And here we go. Yeah. Wow. So uh, that's our show for this week. Uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Sinan Al-Abai. Um, uh, his company is called ICVR. He's their head of growth and uh, one of Ted's uh, partners uh, at Viacom in using XR uh, to make movies uh, differently. Yeah, we're starting to explore all kinds of interesting things with Sinan. He's a, he's a really interesting person with a really interesting background. It's a really interesting interview. So I look forward to Let's go. Let's go meet Sinan. Thanks, everybody.
Our guest this morning is Sinan Al-Rubai, the head of growth for ICBR. Sinan, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you so much, morning, Charlie. Sinan, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. How are you? Good. So I understand um, that you guys are uh, driving virtual production uh, right now in Hollywood. Tell us about that. One of uh, one of you know a good number of uh, innovative studios who are uh, you know getting into uh, this new vertical virtual production. I mean, it's not really new new, but it's it's becoming publicly more recognizable. And basically, uh, you know, as ICVR, what we do is we're specialists in, in game engines. Uh, so you know, working with with game engines is is what we do. And last year, just because of the pandemic. Um, it, it, as you all know, it forced studios to stop production for a few months, and that you know caused a lot of problems uh, financially and content-wise as well. So studios were trying to figure out what was the best way to come back to production safely. Uh, you know, also they have to play with with COVID regulations and all that stuff. So uh, ETC approached us. Um, and, you know, we worked together on a project called Ripple Effect. Uh, basically, we were trying to figure out what was the best way to utilize uh, that we have today to shoot content um, in a safe uh, and, and efficient way. And so we came in together. Um, we worked uh, with, with ETC and with other uh, big studios, such as Universal and Amazon Studios. And uh, we created a pipeline. Uh, we started by create, like, you know, created a pipeline in Unreal Engine for virtual production uh, that would apply for uh, productions on LED walls. And right, Sanon, so let, let, Sanon, let's, let's back up a step because a lot of people are listening to this and we've sort of dove right into the deep end of the pool and they're probably like, what is ETC? What is ICVR? So uh, maybe explain a little bit about the company. You and I are very close friends. We spent a lot yeah. of time together. Uh, you built a virtual version of me uh, that people on this podcast and others have seen me dancing. That was you and your team, Chris, and others behind that. So why don't you give us a little background of, you know. Just Ted dancing, a chorus of Ted's dancing. <laughs> That's right, a multiple chorus of Ted's dancing. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point, actually. So uh, sorry for jumping into. No, it's okay. Uh, I just want yeah. to level yeah. set for the audience a little bit. Yeah. I was yeah. geek, though. I said the word virtual production and Sinan. And he just went right in. <laughs> yeah. So basically for us, like ICVR, we are you know, we come from game development world, right? So we are, we are a full cycle production studio. We come from game development world. Um, mainly we build uh, mobile games, VR games, you know, console games. Uh, and, you know, we started as you know, a small startup in 2016 with a few people and fast forward five years later, we have now today 62 employees in the company. Um, and we have been basically trying to figure out how, what, what are the best ways to use these, the very advanced game engines and in, in applying that into different verticals outside of gaming. Uh, because as you all know, uh, this is, it's been happening. So a lot of immersive experiences, actually all immersive experiences in one, one way or another have to do with game engines. Um, a lot of now film productions um, are, you know, uh, starting to happen, whether it's animation or, or live action, they're utilizing game engine. Um, we work also with our other clients in healthcare industry. 
and there's a lot of uh, uh, applications uh, right there that utilize game engines as well. So this is this is initially what we do. We try and and you know uh, find those needs or certain industries that do certain ways that are not not necessarily up to date. They're not necessarily efficient as they could be, and we go in and we implement that knowledge uh, right. and and. and and, and that led you to a road where you, you partnered with a group out in Pacoima, which is a little suburb of Hollywood, yeah. and they built one of these giant LED walls, and you started to work with a educational part of USC, the ETC, right? The Entertainment yes. Technology Center. Committee, I guess that's called? Center, yeah. Uh, Center, right? Yeah. And so I'm a part of it. I guess I should know the name <laughs> officially. Entertainment Technology Center. Um, and uh, they look at all this advanced technology and how it relates to the motion picture and television world. Uh, and you're a big part of that, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, the, the, our partners in Pacoima, they're called XR Stage. And basically what they do, and again, that's another thing that the pandemic forced into shifting things around and changing things, right? Like they used to be one of the biggest suppliers in the United States of LED panels. So they used to build stages uh, like for festivals, the Coachellas, the EDM festivals and all that. And because of pandemic and all that got canceled just overnight, um, you know, they were just sitting on all these piles of LED panels. So what happens like, okay, let's just put it together and see what we can do. Right. So started building these uh, volumes, different sizes uh, and, you know, setting up that technology, that pipeline and start testing. Let's, let's, let's see what we can do with it. And that's when um, the Entertainment Technology Center at USC came to us and like, okay, let's do a case study. Um, right. Let's do a case study that, well, one, it's like a one-on-one intro class to this technology, first of all, because, I mean, you all know The Mandalorian did it, uh, ILM and Disney did it. However, uh, it's, not publicly, it's not publicly available knowledge and it, it was not accessible even to other studios. Right. Uh, it, it's still not accessible to a lot of students. So how would people that are listening to this now find out the work that you did? Like it, it's it's in the process of becoming public, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, we are actually now, like a, a couple of days ago, we published a teaser uh, of, a, uh, of a short film that should be released next week, sometime next week. It's called right. Away. And for that production, basically, I mean, we have been, so we have been testing all these different methods and pipelines and, and tools since summer of last year. Um, and throughout this time, we learned a lot on how to make it more efficient, uh, more effective and, and kind of limit uh, as much as possible spending on this technology because it can be expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and so we kind of wrapped that up in a project because we wanted to show people, okay, this is, one of the many things that you can produce using this technology, it's photo real. Um, and we did all this in one shooting day. Yeah, and the results are, Charlie, I can't wait for you to see the results. They're <laughs> unbelievably impressive. You would literally think they went to 25 different exotic locations and shot this. And it turns out it was all shot in a big sort of warehouse <laughs> stage in Pacoima. Well, uh, we, always, it, we always said the game business and the mainstream entertainment business were going to intersect. I think the thing we didn't predict here was that it was really going to start with the tools, uh, but that's clearly not going to be the end of it. Yeah. And I think the way that we think about movies right now is so anchored in reality because that's been the history of cinema, right? Yes. You, 
want to be in Africa, you go to Africa. But should it really be Africa? Or should it be a larger than life, so to speak, Africa? Well, now we can bring Africa oh, to you as opposed to you going to Africa, which is kind of amazing. Literally bring it to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's so, basically, yeah. this is what we have been doing, you know, just experimenting all these different things, right? And, and every, every, like, I mean, to be realistic, the technology is still evolving. As Charlie mentioned, I mean, we're still scratching the surface of what you can do with it. We're still, everybody's still learning and, and yes. pushing through. So this is only the beginning. However, just because it's only the beginning, um, at the moment, there are certain limitations of what you can do. Um, and that's what we and, and a few other studios are working on is, is identifying these limits, right? Like what you can shoot on it that looks like it's real mm -hmm. and, and it looks perfect. It, it's a feature film quality, like what you can do at that level. And then what other things that don't work and how can you play around it? Because, you know, uh, that's also part of the game. Uh, yeah, it's part you... of what we're experimenting with you at the studio and we're learning. Um, Sanan, just before we kind of wrap up and get into our new stuff, I think a lot of the audience that's listening to this would like to know your sort of personal journey as to how you got to this stage. Uh, and I'll tell you, it's, it's really interesting because Charlie, just yesterday I was doing a little guest lecturing for Charlie's uh, class at Chapman, and he brought up so critically how important it was for all of these film students and VR learning students in his class to learn what game engines can do. Not necessarily that you're going to be a coder, but you need to learn what these things do. Take a class in, in game engine learning, and it would be, I think, interesting to hear your path to where you've gotten today. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, it, it's it's a little bit uh, crazy story, right? So, uh, I'm really crazy stories. Yeah, That's what makes for a good podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, originally, I'm from uh, from Iraq. I was born in Baghdad, um, and so you know, very far away from here. And you, as you as you guys know, I mean, uh, through the tragic events that happened there in the wars, right, had to migrate with my family. So we went to Qatar, another country in the Middle East, and lived there for a while where I was a professional soccer player. Uh, and yeah, and so, <laughs> and so through that, uh, and I was also attending business school at the time. So got my degree and, and then, you know, again, dramatic event with my uh, uh, athlete, uh, athletic career, right? Um, injuries and so on. So I had to stop and switch to business. And I was working with the family business that was doing, um, you know, furniture and turnkey solutions for like, it's just completely different stuff, right? But yeah. I always had the ambition. Um, and that's when I met my wife, uh, you know, she was my girlfriend at the time. We moved to the U S um, we started actually, uh, went to Iowa, uh, did not know it was freezing cold. <laughs> Can you imagine? And I was like, to Iowa, I know, I know it was insanely cold. I was like, Oh my God, what is this yeah. place? Well, I've been to Qatar, <laughs> I know how warm it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I was like, I cannot like live in this weather. <laughs> so, and you know. Uh, just because of my like previous, uh, you know, like life in the Middle East, um, we were always under spotlight. So, you know, being a popular person, my dad uh, was played in the World Cup and three Olympic games and he was captain of Iraq's national team. So we were used to the spotlight, right? Mm -hmm. So it was natural for me to come to a big city like LA and, and be under the spotlight because I, I mean, you know, I kind of thrive <laughs> in those, those situations 
Um, and so, again, it's a childhood interest for me, uh, gaming and tech. I've always been in gaming and tech, even though I'm not a coder, by the way. But I fully understand games. And I, I'm always into technology, uh, whether it's, it's, it's game engines, whether it's rocket science and, and, and SpaceX stuff, whether it's just all these different things, right? And that's why I love what Charlie, by, by the way, writes uh, on Forbes. I, I, like, I follow every single article and read every single article you read, by the way. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I met ICVR and it was, uh, you know, a small team at the time of, of people who are super passionate. And, and, you know, we're all also like, you know, um, within the same, like we all play video games. We all interested in tech. We all want to do things out of the box, things that we're not afraid to explore and go out. And that's what I like was, for example, chasing Ted for a time. Like I need, like this, this person is, is, is amazing. And, and he's, he's pushing the envelope all the time. I need to talk to him. <laughs> and so that's when I met Ted. And we became friends, right? And, yeah, and we yeah. learned a lot from each other and we continue to yeah. learn a lot of each other exactly. almost every day, which is kind of part of what's so interesting with life's journey. Charlie, I think yeah. maybe we found the next guest lecturer for your, for your class. <laughs> oh, well, I had that going before we started recording. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so basically that's part of it. And and then, um, you know, I, I've again, you know, Hollywood is also part of my childhood. Like I grew up in, 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 in my parents' house and we had this big film room full of, used to be those like, uh, you know, big, tape and like all these movies and I was like I would have never thought that one day I'll be in Los Angeles talking to studio executives about films like that was not even a possibility like mm -hmm. you know what I mean and now it's happening and it just it's crazy like I go to bed at night every night thinking I just talked to these people today it's crazy it doesn't feel real it, and I never get used to it like That's this is a really good segue into our uh, into our regular news show. Yeah. yeah. By thank, the way, Sanan, after 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 like thirty years in the business, I still have that every day. I can't believe I get to do this for a living. Oh, so you know, if you always hold that sort of joy <laughs> and wonder about the fact yeah. that you get to do it, like, wow, they're paying me to watch cartoons all day. I wonder if they <laughs> find out. <laughs> yeah it's amazing uh but yeah and i get to meet awesome people like you i really really appreciate it, it it's it's a huge pleasure for me to be with with you like you don't thanks. even know thanks for sharing if, if people want to learn more what's their what's the website where do they find more about icvr and etc and all that stuff yeah they can go to icvr.io uh that's our website they can we basically publish as many updates possible i mean i say as possible because a lot of what we do is white labeled unfortunately mm -hmm. <laughs> so we can't share everything but they get the updates there um and yeah and reach out to to me on linkedin or, or through the website happy to connect and share information that's how everybody grows <laughs> Great. Thanks, Anand. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of uh, your day, your podcast, and enjoy the weekend.